welcome reanimated fans to this week's episode coming to you from my second round with covid i'm aj conrad in brooklyn in yours and covidness uh with my intrepid co-host Stuart tiffin hello Stuart. oh dude i know <laughs> so i know sorry it's all good I'm how are you doing conrad uh, how's new york Oh, it's uh, beautiful out, but I'm Outside, not it's enjoying beautiful. it. I am not enjoying it, so <laughs> all good. Uh, what I thought was allergies was COVID, but hey, hey. Uh, anyway, hopefully I get through this. I hope I hit the peak last night. I don't know if I did or not, but Bill is still negative. That's some X Men stuff going on there. But uh, is he yeah. uh, has he decamped to a, a separate quarantine zone? Nope. He's taking his chances. Um, there's just not a lot to do. We're in a studio apartment, so you know. And he was around me so much that I think that to, that would be futile at that point. But it's all good. It's all good. Um so anyway. That's apologies. my that's my personal approach to, to COVID is the full immersion. Uh, <laughs> I mean the kids come home from school with COVID, you get you get up close and personal. You guys, you spend a bunch of time together, no masks, and uh, everybody gets it. And that way you rip the Band-Aid off. Otherwise, you all have COVID for like 12 weeks as each of you get right. it in a sequence. Well, that was kind of what we thought because we're supposed to travel again. So that was sort of the deal. Um, but, you know, it is what it is and just kind of got to get it over with. Um, so, blah. Anyway. What are we doing here today, H.A.? Today, we are talking about a classic film, Reanimator. Um, and I realized while watching it why we hadn't covered this before. I mean, we knew what this was. We, we knew did, what this was. but I forgot. I forgot about the one like really bad scene that I was like, ugh. And there were so many issues. There's so it's, many. There's some pretty about. cringy stuff at the end. Yeah. Not throughout, I would say. But um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, this is a 1985 film um, that was, you know, it's in that whole like genre and there's just some there's some really disturbing stuff in here. But, um, you know, I think that it's supposed to be humorous and it is, but that there's just so many cringy, upsetting. This things was in. a curious thing I kept seeing, like it's a dark comedy. It's a funny and and like it's a comedy horror I'm like, all right, uh, I don't remember any real jokes going on. But um, and then I, I looked it up on TV tropes because they have the jokes all like there's like eight jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and the things that they're considering jokes are like Dan throws cat at wall. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's a, that's a joke. Well, and there's so many things in it that I'm like, oh, my God, it's just very uh, oh my goddess. It's it's there's so many problems. But um I guess part of it is that it's so ridiculous and, and, you know, schlocky and campy that it's supposed to be like really funny. But I also felt was like, I was like, I don't know how like ridiculous this, it didn't feel like dark humor. And there was like things where it's like, you have the, the night guard or the, the guard that's outside of the morgue reading like playboy or whatever. Boudoir magazine. (laughs) You know, like, is that supposed to, I guess it's supposed to be funny, but it's like, I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was like social commentary. Yeah. So I didn't need it to be a funny movie. I thought this has qualities. I'm not saying quality. I'm saying it has like its own approach through horror and 
B movie stuff. It doesn't doesn't need to throw in yucks, and it, I don't think it does. So, in, in, if anything, I'm thinking there's a lot of reviews. Actually, almost all the reviews are like, "It's a it's a funny film." I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't try very hard to be funny, but it's fine. There's a couple mm-hmm. of there's a couple of he he sort of jokes in there. Let's talk about the production here. We got uh, directed by Stuart Gordon. Yeah, and there was based- actually a, a nice, not a nice, but there was like he did an interview. Um, he died in 2020, I think. Oh, uh, and um, t- he did an interview. Somebody's like writing a book on him, and I, there was a whole interview with him about this whole series. And it was it's kind of interesting, um, just because he's talking about how, you know sort of how this came to be and how it was originally supposed to be like a stage play, but uh, the company in Chicago that he was working with at the time were like, I don't think I want to be associated with this. <laughs> So it was more they they were like, maybe this is more of a Hollywood thing. And they didn't want it. They didn't want their company like associated with this particular like project Um, as as open minded and artsy as they were. They did not think that this was something that that should be attached to the name of it was like the organic theater company or something like that. Um, Well, it's also based the the film is also based on a H.P. Lovecraft short story. Yeah. 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 Have you read it or read about it? Oh, I have read it. It's, you know, and again, they tried to say that this is dark humor as well. And I I guess, um, but it's very, you know, it's very Lovecraft. If, you know, it's it's not. Um, um, it's not like uh, it, it's not incredibly well known, I guess, in, in terms of a Lovecraft story. Um, but it was definitely, I, I guess it hits all those Lovecraft notes, right? Like the scary, the scary sort of like knowledge making, like it was very much like, um, like a Frankenstein esque idea. Right. And it's, uh, yeah, except Frankenstein, there's just the, the MacGuffin in this film is this, this bright green reagent that Herbert West uses and. Yeah, Frankenstein uses just like the power of electricity, as I recall. Like there isn't like a, there isn't a, a gizmo or a, a magic bullet that that does. The, I guess their well, their MacGuffin lightning. is science. Yeah. Well, and that's still what that. It, it kind of is. It's here. just that it's it's the one element. It's one of the elements, I should say, that uh, of this film of this plot that is like kind of a, you know, it's a Deus Ex Machina sort of thing. He's like, well, I can always just use some of my Dayglow reagent. Um, but yeah, so that, that there's a, let's talk about it more, I guess. Um, this film was made for a, maybe a million dollars. It's not really clear, uh, but brought in 2 million at the box office and then went on to become a cult film, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if that actually pays for things, but, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it, well, it went on to make, to have two sequels. Right. And then I think they repackaged it in like 2010 and all sorts of things. So maybe they made something more out of it. It's sort of in this sort of like uh, Night of the Living Dead, campy, evil dead sort of feeling uh, overall. And the effects are pretty silly, but but good and and ridiculous. I don't know. I I kind of thought that they were, um, I have to give a a shout out to a couple of the cast members. Um, So the guy who plays Herbert West, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. And then I realized that he was 
um, he was in The Frighteners. Did you ever see that movie? It's one of Peter Jackson's first yeah. films. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've seen that. Uh, is he this, the creepy guy in Frighteners? He is the uh, the creepy sort of like FBI agent who's gone like underground and kind of gone around the bend exploring like cults and things like that. Yeah, there he is. Special Agent Milton Dammers. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's who he is. Although, you know, um, and he's been in quite a few other, like, like he's a character actor. Um, he's in... British, which I thought was, I was surprised to learn. Um, his accent's pretty good in this. Yeah, and then the other person, I think, like, the guy, uh, and that that's Jeffrey uh, Coombs. And, um, and then David Gale, who plays Dr. Carl Hill, was just so good and, like, terrible at the same time. Um, so terrible. I so terrible um and he's also british i think um no he's from he's from boston really yeah hmm. i thought he was a british character actor he there's a story in his uh wikipedia oh he's a british okay. character actor but wait no he was born in england but grew up at like moved to new jersey when he was little okay not from boston from new jersey and then there's a story on his biography about how he ran away from home uh to just move to new york at age 13 hmm. and got a job uh washing dishes in a restaurant because he was right. already like six feet tall like well, one of those kind of weird stories oh, so i don't right. know if he counts as being british if he's been living in like uh, in new jersey uh from before 13 maybe well he was in like a ton of things just like as a as a character and he's got one of those faces he's got like and he's incredibly like he plays this role to the hilt i feel um and even the creepiest parts <laughs> so oh god i would um, not want to be in the room for those scenes. <laughs> no no it's pretty rough um but you know he he like he's creepy from the get-go even from your first interaction with him but i thought he was he was great um and then you know everybody else uh barbara crampton is like a scream queen and she's megan halsey and she's you know, had a, she has not slowed down in her career feels like no She's done she just she did like, you know, a movie a year, basically still doing it. <laughs> she's got mul she's got at least one project. She's got four TBA projects in post-production. Yeah. And uh, she's been doing something every year. Like, yep. there's so many actors who don't have nearly as much of a uh, portfolio. Yeah. And, you know, this particular role is kind of unfortunately what you see a lot of like female characters like. They just kind of shoehorn it in because there really wasn't a female character in the Lovecraft uh, story. So they just kind of put this in there and it's not exactly well developed. Um, you know, they have her as the the daughter of Dean Halsey of the medical school. Mm. Uh, I have so many questions about this, which we can get into. But like they have like her studying with her boyfriend uh, <laughs> a lot. But what exactly is she studying? I don't know because she's not <laughs> in the medical school, so it's it's or is she? It's <laughs> maybe not she is. Oh, yeah, that's a good but, point. They never they do not develop her backstory no, other than so the it's fact like, that her, it's basically her relationships to her, to the men in her life are what yes. define her. So yeah. so let's just say the Bechdel test not passed here at not all. Not passed. Uh uh. Um. So anyway, but she has had like she is kept. She is definitely a working actor she is in everything and she's still doing it she's still like in a ton of stuff so good for for barbara um and so and then bruce abbott who is daniel kane um is basically supposed to be kind of like 
um he was in the reanimator series and then um he um doesn't seem to have done quite as much as other people although he continued to uh yeah i mean he's still got a lot of projects but yeah not not as much as barbara uh or date or um david gale yeah he, he seems to be in a lot of like uh like you know uh he was in macgyver for one episode of beauty and the beast murder she wrote so hey, that that's good stuff yeah yeah so but in any case he's you know so so it's 44 episodes of dark justice yeah um yeah. It's oh. pretty- <laughs> sorry i just read the synopsis american okay. crime drama television series about a judge who becomes a vigilante by night oh, <laughs> i think he was the he was the judge yeah oh well, wow yeah i was i kind of was looking at him thinking like i don't think i've ever seen this guy before or since yeah. Well, maybe you have and you just didn't know because you didn't watch Murder, She Wrote. I don't know. Or Dark Justice. Um, but, um, you know, on a on a personal note, uh, he was married to Linda Hamilton, which is maybe how he ended up beating the Beast. Um, and huh. yeah, so um, yeah, uh, th- that's just, uh, you know. So I'm surprised he didn't end up on Game of Thrones by that yeah, uh, association. Kinda, yeah, that's kind of shocking. Um but in any case, um, he seems to have been more than I thought. But, but he's kind of bland in this. Again, he he and uh, that's, that's kind of his role. Yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't know. Maybe uh, not having seen the sequels, where he does come back and well, at least in the second movie, he is still Dan Kane, and I think he has some version of those uh, names in the third movie. He he is just like a bland go along guy in this film right like he has he has a backbone because he's like he's willing to get up in the middle of the night and hunt down his zombie cat but he just goes along with whatever herbert west tells him to yeah, do he does he does but it's uh yeah so so this is i don't know i i admit his his sort of nonchalance about his cat rufus it makes me really sad well I was rufus that. was rufus. introduced in this film by interrupting coitus right so or maybe not interrupting it but certainly the post-coital snuggle times are interrupted by rufus jumping off of dan dan's back so that's not cool that cat's got to go i don't know about cat that. sealed its own fate yeah and then i you know i also have some questions about um about dan's judgment and his backbone because like I have to tell you, somebody like Herbert West shows up trying to rent a room in my apartment. I don't think hmm. I'd be like, yeah, even if he gave me cash. This dude's pretty creepy from the get go, which, you know, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he was there for that introduction to Dr. Hill, where he said just a bunch of really rude stuff to him. And then he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you should come and uh, live with me. Yeah. I mean, he's witnessed two instances of this dude being super creepy. Um, and I will say, like, you know, good on Meg to call it out. She's like, I don't think you should decide this yet. <laughs> She's like, I think I think maybe just sleep on this before letting this this guy move in. Um, and so Megan, Megan is. Uh, She's the brains of the operation. Her judgment seems to be a lot better than Dan's here. And uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. She just has a feeling about him. Also, she appears to know something about what went down in Switzerland. Do you want to should we start in Switzerland? Um, oh yeah, I guess let's let's go back to the the gecko then. I guess. It, Sorry, it, I'm a little I'm a little out of it today. You are, and that's all right. Um, 
we begin in Zurich, which I was kind of I was kind of surprised by. I was like not expecting to hear smatterings of Swiss Deutsch uh, in this film, and it is smatterings because the <laughs> the Swiss this this I'm putting this in air quotes. The Swiss actors or Swiss characters seem to go back and forth between English and German. They do. Um, they're they're concerned about a Doctor Hans Gruber. I'm. So- Okay, is that supposed to be funny? No, this this is before Die Hard, right? Long before, but like, was it like deliberate? <laughs> I don't know. They're concerned about Doctor Hans Gruber <laughs> and Mister West, who are ensconced in an office, and there's cops outside, and they're like, Mister West, Doctor Gruber, the screaming, they're screaming. They break in, they find a a, a tussle with um Mister West, looking creepy injecting an old man on the floor who is screaming the old man uh mr west is like kind of taken into custody the old man gets up and his head explodes or his eyeballs do at least it's a great uh, frankly you know like you know exactly what this movie is uh, as all this unfolds this is perfect no yeah. I, I i i was i was along for the ride as soon as i see the dude gets up and his, his face parts of his face start exploding and and herbert west says I didn't kill him. I gave him life. <laughs> and he's like, he's pretty creepy and nobody, I don't know, like, like this whole thing seems like, I don't know how he gets out of this situation and they don't really give you any. Um, this is a big question mark. They don't really give you any, any idea about why, like he shows up in the US and you're like, how did he get out of this? <laughs> and, not, and, and the only thing Megan brings up later is like, why were, you know, why did you have to leave Switzerland? It's like, well, I, I don't think. If anything, he got away from the cops or something like he escaped prison because it's clear that he uh, is assaulting. I mean, it, it looks like he is assaulting and injecting Hans Gruber right. in his office, who is like a respected member of, of faculty at Zurich University. Yeah, I mean, I kept every time they say the name, I kept hoping it would Alan Rickman was going to be making like a cameo, but no such luck. Oh, God. Um, but in any case, um, it's mysteriously he gets out of this situation and he's not even like mollified by it. So when we see him in the U.S., he's just like all full of sass. Vim and vigor. This is one yeah. of the things I like about this character. He is so single, like single minded and focused. Apparently, this is a these are characteristics of the H.P. Lovecraft character that mm-hmm. uh, he is smart um, and driven, but I don't, I, I do think he needs to learn some soft skills because when you do meet him in the morgue and he's introduced to Dr. Hill, he says three sentences to him and each of them are like, each one is more insulting than the last Or he's like, I mean, he's um, going for it. Yeah. He's like, your work is derivative. Um, in Europe, people laugh at your idea about the six to 12 minute brain death. Um, and your ideas are, uh, what is it like? Plagiarized. Plagiarized. They're plagiarized and they are, uh, she does say one other really rude thing. Antiquated or antiquated. It's like antiquated, outdated, derivative and outdated. Wow. Like this is your, you're not even like in class yet. You're just still on your tour. For some reason, Dean Halsey is showing this guy around and seems to be fetting him a little bit, like introducing him to Dr. Hill, saying he used to work for Hans Gruber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a, a meaningful look from Dr. Hill. Uh, we've also been introduced to to Dan Kane um, in a chest compression CPR sort of scene. 
with some casual nudity. This movie has a lot of nudity. Yeah, it does. A lot of nudity. And it's um, not all, uh, I would say 90% of it is gross. Yep. <laughs> not, not, not gross. That's rude. Um, but like not not intended to to be um, a TNA movie. You know what I mean? Like No, it's... but like some of it is just like I was like, this must have been a really rough shooting day. <laughs> like, in, like these actors must have been really cold a lot. Cold. Um, and Dan Kane or the guy who plays him. Is that Bruce Abbott? Yep. Yeah. He's doing chest compressions. I don't know if this is just acting. But like that's doing chest compressions on a human can like break their ribs. Yeah, it looks like he's doing real chest compressions on these it, real people. It, it does, but me, let, but they don't actually show him doing it. So let's hope he was doing this on like yeah, not a right. person because like he was he looked like he was pretty into it. Um, I also have to say, um, his costuming is really funny <laughs> throughout this. It's like. He's a medical student, but he's always in these like pretty tight, like V-neck muscle shirts or something under his. He's wearing scrubs, scrubs in this scene, though. In this one, it's scrubs, but later on, he's in yeah. like a little robe, and I'm like, "Huh, that's interesting." <laughs> like from a costuming point of view, you know, it's it's pretty funny. Anyway, um, yeah, he's it shows him from the beginning not giving up not being very hopeful of bringing somebody back and frustrated they can't. So yeah. I guess that shows you motivation or part of his character from this point, you know. That's about as much as we get <laughs> of his motivation. <laughs> he, he likes to do CPR. He's not willing yep. to give up. Mm -hmm. uh, but the lesson he is taught is give up and take this body to the morgue, uh, which right. is where he meets, which is where he sees Dr. Hill using his laser drill. Mm. Although we don't learn about that till later. And we meet Herbert West on his tour with Dean Halsey. Uh, which we've already kind of discussed. Um, Herbert is just a huge jerk. Yep. And, and after delivering his four or five insults in a row, Dean Halsey's uh, just kind of like gives him a, a flat stare. Like, what are you doing, <laughs> you idiot? Yeah. And turns to Dr. Hill, who is responsible for bringing a lot of money to the university and says, oh, Dr. Hill, we'd love to have you over for dinner. Right. Dr. Hill's like, oh, yeah, of course. Because I'm into your, your daughter. Your daughter's going to be there. He doesn't say that. But this is when we still think that Dr. Hill might be a sane, rational person. I don't know. I think he's given off creep vibe here, too. He's already given off a creepy vibe. I mean, yeah, his yeah. weird looks to, to West are already a little bit creepy. Strange. But it gets yeah. creepier. It gets so get much creepier. creepier. Yeah. Uh, Dan Kane finds his girlfriend in a hallway and then we cut to sweet sweet lovemaking uh cat lovemaking or a cat the, the cat, being the, the cat the intervenes blow. yeah which is which is a sign that that's not going to go well yeah and it, this is like oh you know again this is sort of like very like shallowly built character like it's like, very strange because she's like oh i'll marry you when you're a doctor and an md and then she goes, but I have to get home because, you know, if I stayed overnight, what would my dad say? He's a Puritan. And it's like, well, if he's that much of a Puritan, I don't know why you'd be over here late at night at your boy. You know, like, like a lot of things don't add up, per se. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but this whole scene, I think, is just to set up the fact that Rufus is around and then the creepy scenes with Herbert. Well, who shows up very shortly because Dan is trying to is chasing Megan Halsey around his apartment in a sheet 
Yeah. Uh, when she opens the door and there's Herbert West standing there, of course, um, holding because up. you know what makes sense to go in the middle of the night to somebody's house. We don't know what time it is. It could be just like six o'clock and it's winter. It, you know, it looks maybe. pretty. It looks pretty late. I don't know. It seems odd. Just saying. H.A. Conrad thinks these kids should all be at home in bed. They should be. Of course, these are medical students too. Third year medical students, which I assume means that they are in their mid twenties. Yeah. That's so my main beef for, for Megan is treated constantly like she is 15. But she, yeah. if she is the same age as Dan, she she might not be. She might be an undergrad. Who knows? Because we she don't find be, out. We, we don't even know what she's studying, except there's some random book. Yeah. She always <laughs> has a couple on. of books. She's got books <laughs> constantly. But <laughs> they could just be, I don't know, like comic books. We don't know. Uh, But yeah, so th these are a bunch of adults. And they are kind of infantilized a little bit. Except for Herbert West, who is a like an ubermensch. Hmm. Um, all right. But next day, uh, Herbert West moves in. Basically, he's like, oh, do you have a creepy basement? Perfect. Here's some cash. And Dan Kane, despite the uh, the subtle shaking heads of Megan. Yep. Who sticks around for this part. She was like, she was desperate to get out of the house to go home. And then well, she's like, oh, Herbert West is here. Let me help you with the tour. Well, I think she thinks he's weird and doesn't want Dan to invite him <laughs> to stay. And so yeah. she has like a vested interest in that, but gets overruled. Yeah, her, there's a some of her... Sense, her spidey sense is overruled by Dan. Some of and her spidey sense, though, this is the thing, like her prejudice against Herbert Kane, Herbert West. She says she says statements now and later that are not backed up, really. Like she talks about how Rufus hates him. Like there's nothing... Right? There's no scene of the cat hating Herbert West. No, we're just going on what her observations have she, been. She is I just guess. the observant one and she's filling in some gaps for us. Okay. Yeah. Uh but so Herbert West is gonna be Dan's new roommate next morning. And he's like, My stuff is outside. Can I move in right now? <laughs> <laughs> Again, he's a little bit eager and strange. I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, but he has cash. And where does he get this cash? We don't know. Maybe it was part of his escape from prison in Switzerland. Maybe that's how he got out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, next day, he's in a class with Dr. Hill and like six student doctors. He's showing them how to peel a large orange, a.k.a. scalp a person so that you can cut their brain open. And yeah. uh, breaking pencils. Uh, Herbert's got a lot of pencils and he's got a lot of rage about, I guess, <laughs> Dr. Hill. So his 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 thing here is he's gonna break a pencil every time Doctor Hill says something he disagrees with, yeah. and stare at him. Yeah, like, and then Doctor Hill's like, maybe you should get a pen. <laughs> that is kind of a funny. That scene. is one of the jokes that's listed uh, on TV trips. Yeah, but it's also and then like not 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 to be put in his place. Herbert West runs up to him as soon as the lecture is over, which is only ended because he keeps breaking pencils and Dr. Hill's had enough. Petulantly like, breaking pencils. <laughs> and he's like, you are a, sh a sham and a fraud. And all the other students are still there. Yep. He is so, he's, he's so extra Herbert mm -hmm. West. He can't, he just, he's so much. He's um, so and challenges Hill and Hill is like, I'm going to fail you out of this school because you're uh pet you know impertinent which is yeah it's also kind of um i don't know like just the fact that he's such an important like fundraiser which dean halsey mentioned 
it's sort of weird to me that he would even be allowed in his class and that he's just so he can't get out of his own way. I don't know that I would make this guy an enemy this quickly, but he's already kind of done it before. So I don't know. It just seems like kind of it seems very strange to me. But, you know, this clearly is one of his Achilles heels. He has more than one. But like what Herbert West should really just be focusing on is putting his head down and getting his stupid doctorate, right? Like get yeah, like, get that MD and then go and do whatever you want to do and get a uh, third party corporate funding or military or whatever you yeah. need to do. But instead he's like, I cannot stop myself from screaming at like a senior professor in my yeah. first lecture at this new medical school when I just got away from Switzerland for, for murder. Uh, so clearly he, he, he has he has some uh, weak spots, right? And then I I should also call out like the special effects throughout this whole thing is you know it's very schlocky, very campy. It's that like gory you know even in this thing where he's like you know you peel the thing back like an orange like it's a very deliberate in your face kind of um you know like like it's it's a gross out scene and this just continues i mean we saw it even from the the beginning um so like this is um you know um like i think this this particular scene was gratuitous just like they have dr hill with his hands in the brain and just sort of like shaking off his hands you know with the brain (laughs) it's like okay like how is that very how's that side what are you doing that you're like trying to supposedly you're showing the these medical students how to sort of do research and whatever but that's not exactly that doesn't exactly make sense um so that's just kind of and they do the same thing in the beginning like the the whole laser um what was it a laser scalpel or whatever laser drill laser drill um and you know they stick a q-tip in and show blood coming like it's all very um um gratuitous and it's it's kind of deliberate and the special effects person was uh, Brett uh, Culpepper. And so he was, uh, you know, um, it, it's sort of known for these kinds of effects. But, you know, what did you think of them? I, I just thought they were kind of silly. I agree that they were, well, they, they were consistent. And while they were schlocky and campy, they were good enough. Like there weren't too many times when I was looking at the effects thinking like, oh, that like that looks like a mask. I can see where the mask meets the the flesh. There was only yeah. really one scene. There was like a burn victim in the very end whose burn suit was wrinkling in weird ways. Um, but for the most part, the yeah, I thought that the effects were were decent. I mean, and you could you could really tell at the in the end with the decapitated head of Doctor Hill how that was working right like it was pretty obvious but it still looks good even though i knew how they were doing it like you know yeah and apparently there's like a lot of things like uh the the poor poor dr hill apparently had to deal with a lot of um a lot of abuse uh because he would like the the you know that we get to see like his head specifically (laughs) it's used in a lot of things and i guess Um, it was like a plastic shovel later on we see that is used on this head multiple times. And I guess oh, it wasn't as painless as you would imagine. Um, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, he's also 6'3". And anytime his head yeah. is just on a table and he's talking, yeah, like he's whole, gotta be his whole body giant body is crammed under some yeah, sort yeah. of table. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, so there's just like a lot of, um, you know, I, I think he suffered a lot for this particular role. Um, and then the the uh, Brett Culpepper also apparently had to use like all sorts of like different things uh, to to make things look like it, it they it was odd because you know they they have gratuitous nudity for the female characters but i guess they were all worried about um like zombie genitals and stuff like that and so he had to like use like mincemeat or something like that um it, it's just kind of interesting it's like well interesting that you were so worried about that but not about this poor woman who has to be like flat out on this table <laughs> so i don't know it was just uh it's interesting just to kind of see the difference in how how these things are treated as you go through time i suppose um indeed i don't know um back right. at uh, dean halsey's house where he's had hill over for dinner he's kind of gushing toward dr hill about the, the size of the um grant that he's bringing in and then uh megan is there and she's like oh i've got to go study with dan and uh hill is like uh, you know I don't think this is a good idea to Halsey because Hill is a jerk. And then he makes a really gross toast about her beauty and says, why don't you guys study here? Uh, like they're a right away. Now we are fully aware that Hill is actually a creeper and not great. Yeah. But he's been a creeper all along. Like, I mean, I don't think we even need this to know that he's a creeper. He seems creepy uh, yeah, from the beginning. Overtly creepy before it was just looks now it's like and mostly creepy. it was directed at Herbert West. Like this is the first scene with Megan now yeah. we know we're not surprised now when Dan finds the file <laughs> later on. Right. Um, yeah. And but so Dan and Megan go back to Dan's house to do their studying where he is mostly trying to study her neck. And she's like, no, I'm not interested. I'm so worried about your new roommate. We never see him. And where's your cat? I can't find your cat anywhere. And so they go into a long find that cat scene. Mostly it's just you follow Megan and, and she looks for the cat, can't find the cat, goes into West's room. Of course there's Rufus in the refrigerator. Poor Rufus. And you know what? They never actually present an alternative to uh, West's story about how Rufus died. So maybe, yeah. maybe Rufus really did suffocate in a I peanut don't butter think jar. So. I don't think so. We all know. We all know that Wes did it. It's not good. Um, I kind of want to believe that the first time he killed somebody was or thing was uh, when he goes after Hill at the end of the movie. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm like kind of a I'm kind of a West stan. <laughs> I like his character. I like something about him is like actually kind of refreshing. I don't know what it is. It's I swear to God, I'm not a psycho. I don't know. It's it's not good. I don't. I don't. I think this guy is just bad news. I He's bad news for sure. Dan I should never. Feel... And Dan is the worst possible roommate for this guy because he. Yeah, this is his first chance to show backbone. He doesn't. He's like, oh. And then he sees that he's reanimated his cat. And then, oh, it's well, very that's, funny. That's later. First, he's like, my cat is in your fridge. And West is like, I was told this would be a private room. I Get know. Get out of my room. I'd be allowed to do whatever I wanted with your cat. Um, like, oh God. West also threatens Dan at this scene. The, the like, hey, if you don't, you know, if you if you don't get out of my room and leave me alone, I'll tell Dean that you're sleeping with his daughter. Uh, so th he does have a little bit of leverage, but I feel like this is like maybe the low point of their relationship. 
everything kind of gets yeah. better after this yeah um it's, kinda, it's just like, like i little, think that this dynamic light, is a little great. light blackmail but then when i hear my poor cat which sounds like it being tortured and i'm yeah. gonna help you kill its reanimated corpse and then bring it back again and then i'm oh. really into the science of this and my girlfriend sees it be reanimated so oh but no worries we're gonna go find a body now i don't know I, I got to tell you, I don't think Dan's like a stand-up guy. He seems just really—he's um... super supportive of his roommates, though. Like he's—he's a—he's <laughs> like... a great roommate. Um, Megan's the voice of reason, and nobody <laughs> listens to her. She is nope. the Cassandra of this of this whole like tragedy. For sure. So um... the scene of of the him going into the basement. This is—I want to talk about this scene specifically. I, I think they did something pretty cool here with the swinging, the lighting of this scene, right? Like the way that the light is swinging back and forth constantly. And you're like in the room with Dan and Herbert and they're looking for the freaking zombie cat. Uh, I, think, I, I think how they use lighting throughout this film is actually in these kinds of scenes. It's with this scene and also the one with Herbert and Dr. Hill later. Mm-hmm. They do a really, it's it's very much, it's theatrical lighting um, and it's used really well and to dramatic effect. Also, the soundtrack to this, I thought, was very good. Um, was there music? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. There's, like, this little creepy sort of, like, schlocky horror theme throughout. And um, if you do have the subtitles on, which I did, it'll be, yeah. like, creepy music intensifies. And it was like the, the opening scene, it was, like, creepy sci-fi music. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. But I do think that the the lighting here was was really good. Um and yeah. the staging of this was good as much as I hated the whole cat theme of this. And the cat dummy is pretty bad. Uh, yeah. It doesn't get better, especially when they reanimate it a second time. Uh it's it's not a it's yeah, but it's fine, right? It's 1985. I think we all have fairly low expectations. And the less realistic the cat is, the more I'm on board to watch it <laughs> because I don't want to see. wasn't on board. I was like, ugh, I don't know. Well, Rufus appears to have been not a great cat when it was alive, when he was alive. Uh, he gets less and less interest, uh, exciting or, or like, you know, empathetic. Um, I don't think they did enough to, to build Rufus's character. I, you know, I think Rufus In his two scenes? Dan- yeah, I think Rufus knew what kind of a spineless wimp Dan was and was just trying to protect Megan all along. That's a good so, point. you know, I don't I think he's getting a, a bad rap. Well, Megan somehow appears. Um now now this makes very little sense. It's clearly the middle of the night. Dan just woke up out of a dead sleep to the screams of uh zombie Rufus. Now Megan shows up. What was her excuse for being in their basement? Oh, I don't remember. I think Dan does ask her. He's like, what are you doing here? So she is in the first scene uh, with her. She's like, I can't possibly not be in my bed all night or my dad will know. But now, halfway through the film, she's like, I'm just going to sneak over. Um, I don't. Yeah. And so she she interrupts. Well, but not really. But it's too late. Dan has already been lured by the science and Herbert West's uh, ineffable charms to uh to join because <laughs> it goes from like horror to exposition to recruitment this scene and herbert west only has to say like three sentences to dan before he's like oh yeah okay you need me to help you out with my access you got it oh here's my girlfriend we better go mm-hmm. uh dan is just yeah he's suckered in but he's also seen his cat be reanimated twice so you kind of feel for him 
when the next day he goes to Dean Halsey and he's like, Dean, listen, uh, you've we've got we we you know Herbert West can raise the dead. The scene doesn't go the way I thought it would. What did you think was going to happen? Like Dean Halsey, he just shuts it all down. Like it's like he was expecting it. It's like he was waiting to hear this. Because like otherwise, if you hear from one of your students who, you know, he's dating your daughter, in theory, he's got to be a decent enough student for for you to be letting this continue in 1985, right? You can't yep. be a complete schmuck. He says to you, Herbert West raised an animal from the dead and I saw it happen. Your reaction is, well, I'm uh, kicking you out of school and I'm kicking him out of school and you're going to write an apology. Like what? You haven't even like at least see the evidence. Well, I think that um, he knew more about Mr. West and maybe that was like an edited out scene. It feels like there was something that we missed um, between West and Zurich and West making his appearance here. So it was tons that we missed. Sure. But like then the scene makes less sense if that's the case. It does. But like, yeah, he's just like all like shutting, shutting Dan down. And he's like, you're done. You're basically done here. Everybody's done here. Everybody's done here. Everybody's done here. And so that's that. But you have to have like some kind of dramatic something because like he needs to. It definitely. This is what sets up our third act. It's fast. Like, I don't know. The second act, I guess, was just in the basement kind of (laughs) with the cat. Now we're in our third act because Dan and Herbert uh, sneak into the morgue the next night or that night, maybe at 1030 p.m. Um, and they're they're going around trying to find a body to to reanimate. Why you ask? I'm not sure that they know. No, uh, I don't know that they know either. Why does I Herbert mean... West? Why is he so eager to raise a body <laughs> here? Uh, I, guess... I mean, I I guess like I think that they were trying to prove themselves that if they could show it, then they would get readmitted or something. I don't know. That's the only thing I could come up with, but it does seem like there's a big piece of the puzzle missing. They are trying like, to record it, so yeah, they are. Tr- they're looking for proof that the theory works, um, but they're making it up as they go. It's not very scientific. They're doing it in the dark. They pick a bodybuilder, yeah, <laughs> back from the dead, and they know that the zombies that they bring back from the dead come back very angry. Yes. They really haven't thought this one through. They have not this, thought this through. And like, I mean, I think part of this is to show like the different bodies in this morgue, obviously, for more effect later, I suppose. But yeah. um, anyway, they pick him and doesn't go very well. And for some reason, when you reanimate people, their faces kind of like peel into this strange thing. Just this guy. Just this guy. <laughs> and Because uh, yeah, Dean Halsey's face is basically... Kind of like it's well, yeah, it's white and it has red things around his eyes, but this guy gets like weird yeah. and veiny, very veiny, and like uh, he's just you know tromping around, showing off his super bodybuilder strength, I guess. Swinging, uh, swinging his uh, Johnson around in the wind. Mm-hmm. First of many Johnsons. Um, yeah. very angry. He's beating them up. Dean Halsey has arrived upstairs in the hospital somehow on a tip that Dan had reported to work. It's 1030, whatever. He's there. So is Megan, of course, because, you know, she's trying to plead for Dan's case. 
yeah, where else would she be at like 11 o'clock at night mm-hmm. than talking to her dad about how Dan is getting a hard, um, you know, he's not he's not being given a fair shake. Uh, the lady doctor from the first scene tells Halsey that, of course, Dan is in the morgue. Uh, and he's like, no, ah, oh, I better go down there and sort this out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he shows up to tell them that they're in big trouble. And I think he's in the middle of telling them what big trouble they're in through the locked morgue door to the sounds of screams on the other side. He's very focused on his mission to tell them that, that they're in big trouble. When the bodybuilder zombie breaks down the morgue door, kind of crushes him, the bites off some of his fingers, throws him against a wall or two, shakes him around like a rag doll. Yep. And then he's done, but he's a fresh corpse. Uh, Herbert's <laughs> constantly looking for a fresh corpse, and here's one. And, and Herbert has also carved out the chest of the bodybuilder zombie with a bone saw. <laughs> yeah. Um. And apparently, this actor. Uh, it, the the guy who plays Herbert West Coombs really was very squeamish around like the fake blood and had a really hard time with this particular scene. Uh-huh. Um, which this it's kind of interesting given that this is your role and that that's you know so I thought that was kind of funny um, that this was a difficult scene for him. Um, and then you know I have to say again, Mr. Kane, your <laughs> wonder um he just like he's like totally cool it's like he kind of protests a minute but like he's totally cool with them doing no, this with- he's just dissociating like he's like oh no this but has like, to be a dream he cat, can't even the cat my girlfriend's dad eh, just do what you're gonna do herbert west i'm i'm supporting you it's like really messed up yeah i mean they did at least some work later on in the scene where he just kind of goes fetal and lies on the floor yeah <laughs> and herbert's like it's shock you're gonna be okay everything's fine yeah, uh, they come up with this cockamamie story about the people somehow buy because once again, Herbert West yeah. is not in jail uh, after this scene where apparently he's just like, yeah, Dr. Halsey came down here and went crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, OK, second guy that you're saying is uh, I guess they didn't compare stories with the Zurich lab. But anyway, and then, you know. Megan gets in on the game and she's like, what did you do to my father? And, you know, Dr. Dean Halsey is like having a freak out. He is freaking out. And uh, yeah, he's gone between like being super mad and super scared. His zombie behavior is kind of a little bit all over the map. mm. Uh, It gets a little more consistent later on. But um, like from this scene, we kind of yeah, everything is fine. Uh, apparently, apparently the cops are fine with Dan Kane lying on the floor, like yep. shivering to himself. And the next time uh, we see him, he's just over in Megan's house. He's kind of broken in, I think, uh, and he's just waiting for her to apologize. She's kind of mad at him for, you know, making her dad a zombie, although she doesn't know that she believes that at that point. And mm-hmm. uh, Herbert West is in his basement doing more experiments. Um, but now Dr. Hill has chosen this time to get involved. Uh, First, he got permission from Megan to experiment on her dad. And then he went over to Herbert's house to steal his notes and his reagent uh, against the threat of police involvement or locking him up as a nut job. Yeah. Uh, And Herbert doesn't take well to this. Nope. Um... And and Hill Hill has like no self-preservation gene because he's just like oh i'm gonna look into your microscope 
after I've threatened you and, you know, I'm taking away all of your all of your research and I'm saying how it's going to make me famous. Well, but he also blackmails him. And then there's this weird moment. And I did see that at one point they were going to have the Dr. Hill character um, be able to hypnotize people. And that's kind of how it felt like what he was doing to Herbert. Um, and because Herbert just suddenly is like placated and like leans. He's like, OK, here, look at the reagent. Look at the cat guts under the microscope and look at them reanimate yeah um, but he's just he's just playing because he like creepily kind of goes back into the background to find that, a that is pretty funny the way he's moving in that yes scene. it is really funny um and you know he takes care of business so he thinks um but lots of puzzling things happening here with and then thus begins dr hill's really i think arduous journey as a head for the rest of the and a body because yeah, I don't know why Wes decides he wants to reanimate the body and the head. He's like, oh, parts. Right. I've never done parts before. Right. <laughs> His approach to science is really just throw all the spaghetti at the wall, uh, which is fine, I guess. You know, I'm sure a lot of scientists do that, too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so he'll he'll kind of gets. He has his head cut off, but then he's reanimated. He's the first zombie who, after reanimation, can talk, even without the benefit of lungs. Yeah. Though apparently, um, when he's thrown into a bag, he he needs to breathe, which doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> uh, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he manages to knock out Hill uh, West and takes all of his reagent and notes and stuff and absconds with it. So by the time Dan gets there, uh, it's all gone. Um. Dan and Megan have also gone to Hill's office and found Dr. Halsey, Dean Halsey, has been lobotomized. And Dan finds the file of Megan's hair and, <laughs> and photos that Dr. Hill keeps in his filing cabinet, which is gross. Um, so things have things are clearly escalating. Dr. Hill despite being decapitated is is a fairly effective big bad he's he's a planner and uh he he moves his plan into phase two which is uh go back to his office inject his head with more reagent and then pour some blood into his sheet pan yep which apparently makes him feel better mm. and uh and then goes to the morgue to enact you know final phase which is raise all the all the undead after drilling out all of their brains to make them more docile or, uh, I guess, pliable. Adult, yeah, pliable. I, and he's somehow controlling them all. I don't understand how that's working, but cool. But, um, you know, props to him. Um, West and Dan sneak back into them. Oh, yeah. I guess they've also kidnapped. Hmm. When did. Oh, yeah. They sent her dad to go get her. Which is very creepy. It's not as creepy as when her dad takes off all of her clothes. Yes, that is creepy too. The whole thing with her dad, with her, all of this is creepy. And this is the part of the film I really wish they had not done. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a long licking scene. It's um, very upsetting and it's really gross. And I just don't, I cannot stand by this at all. But... It's pretty disgusting. Yep. And uh, I guess enough said. Yep. Um, those then... Those two actors, I hope, had like a really long talk. <laughs> um i yeah and uh i i honestly fast forwarded because i just couldn't even deal with it um so um 
But anyway, she's rescued in the nick of time and gets to put a shirt on. Yeah, so. just when you think West is like the more diabolical of the two of them, Hill's like, I also have a plan. And all the zombies get up at the same time. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, and then this is the big scene with all the extras where I was like, this has got to be very like, you know, um, chilly. Chilly. Apparently, everybody had a lot of fun with this, the shooting this. But it, you know, they say that now, but I don't know, man. It seems like it was pretty rough going. Uh, all the special effects, all the blood, all people, the penises, all the penises. People are naked. It's just really rough. Um, so, but uh, and then you know, it's like a lot of naked people wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> Dan and Herbert West to the yeah. ground. Yeah. Again, and... I hope all these actors had a chance to have a long conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems pretty rough. Um, and you know. The Doctor Hill character has like these massive superpowers. No matter what, it's very strange. Um, because Herbert gets the idea that he's he's like, okay, I'm gonna try this one thing, and he injects like the body with more reagent, and then suddenly Doctor Hill's intestines have super crazy powers and can strangle people. Yeah, that okay. Yeah, definitely, that's where the movie Beyond goes off the rails. Uh, I don't know that Herbert West needed to go out like that. Uh, it felt like a really bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know um, But in any case, you know, maybe because of his nefarious ways, something, some other chemical gets dropped in the lab, um, killing Herbert, so you think, um, and all these other corpses, eventually, I guess. We don't really know. Uh, we just know that Dan is getting Megan out of there, but not soon enough, because the one-armed motorcycle zombie still comes after them. And uh, yeah, and Dan is incapable of t getting him off of her. Yeah, runs all the way to the other end of the hallway, like I don't know, a good 40 feet. Yeah, to it's get a long axe. way to get an axe, and too all late. the way back again does chop the zombie's arm off eventually. But now, yeah, Megan has expired. Um, and then we get a nice kind of you know symmetrical end scene where he's up there doing chest compressions. Lady Doctor, once again, is like, nope, give up, man. Okay, everybody, let's clear out and leave this blood-covered medical student in here with this corpse. Uh, I'm sure everything is fine. I know that his, my boss just told me that he was fired, but it's he's fine to be in here. Everything is fine. Right, and then he's able to, like, that's the thing. He injects her with reagent, but the way they do it, it's sort of like all you can see is the reagent, and it fades as you see that it gets, you know, injected into her, and then... We hear her scream as it fades to black. And it's, you know, that's the end of this particular film. That's it. For now. She's For not now. in the second film, which I find to be a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, maybe she was too busy working because she seems to have a ton of film credits. So. Yeah, could be. Um, or she's like, you know what? I, you know, I got I my whole body. was by that. Mm, yeah, I don't man. A man it. licked my entire body and the man playing yeah, my dad so took gross. off all of my clothes. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm done with the reanimator thing and I wouldn't blame her for that. Ugh, gross. But what a what a fun romp. Um, So I can't wait to come back and talk about Bride of Reanimator with you. Mm, I don't know that we need to do that. We'll see. We'll see. We might. <laughs> I think I'm done with this. Um. It, it honestly, it's pretty funny. Uh, Rod, Roger Ebert, it was re uh, it was reviewed by Roger Ebert after he saw the the movie, 
at Cannes. <laughs> you can imagine that. Wow, that must have been interesting. I've never been to Cannes Film Festival, but apparently they, they took all sorts. Uh, and he gave it three stars and was kind of like complimentary of its doubling down on how insane it is. Hmm. Um, like, instead of going toward camp, they, they like, really tried to make it feel like a a serious if over the top sort of approach. Let me let me read you one line. Um so he's talking about having seen it at Cannes. I walked out somewhat surprised and reinvigorated if not reanimated by a movie that had the audience emitting taxi whistles and wild goat cries. I don't know what those two things sound like or why wild goat cries would be something you would I'm not quoting Roger Ebert anymore. This is me. Mm. Uh, why that's a noise you would make at the movies, but so uh, that's the end of Reanimator. Um, I, you know, let let us know your thoughts. This is a movie that's been around for a long time. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. Uh, there are apparently two versions: the 95 minute R rated cut and an 86 minute unrated. I don't know which one we saw. How'd you watch this? Amazon? Uh, yeah. Same. I think it wasn't the un unrated one. I think this was the edited one. Um. Yeah, this is, I saw a 96, a 95 minute version. Yeah, and I don't need to see the non-rated one. Because <laughs> I can only imagine. How could it even be, sh it's 10 minutes shorter though, like what? Really? Huh. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, so give us a holler, let us know what you think. Um, we are looking out for new projects that are coming. So if anybody has any, you know what, uh, I believe one of our fans did send us a French movie that we never got around to watching. I'll have to dig that one up um, because it's getting a little, a little bit thin out there in a post last of us world. Um, but we it will is. be back as soon as we can to review more stuff. I believe we're going to talk about brain freeze next. Yep. That is our next uh, project. So let's uh, let's hopefully I'll be feeling better next time. Yeah. All right. Everybody send uh, Conrad some good <laughs> vibes. And um, you can do that by sending us an email to reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at reanimatedpodcast, pcast, at reanimatedpcast. And our episodes can all be found on Podbean at reanimated.podbean.com. So until next time, ciao. All righty. Thanks and bye for now. <laughs>